0: Aloha! I'm so happy you joined me today, and I'm sure you're going to be happy too because this is a really exciting podcast that you can get so much from. And our guest Andrew Cap has written the last law of attraction book you'll ever need to read. And you're probably wondering what a manifestation and the law of attraction has to do with grieving and being happy, but actually, it has a whole lot. And I have. Uh, had much success with things that have happened in my life because I've paid attention to this whole concept. So welcome, Andrew,
1: Emily, thank you so much for having me. and um for uh, for keeping up with the book title. i I know it's probably one of the longest book titles most people find. And um it's uh it's so funny because, like I tried so hard it's, like I knew this was going to be an ambitious title. and in in doing my part to try to keep up and live up to that hype. Uh, it's been a wonderful challenge. So thank you so much for having me. Really excited to be here and see wherever we might take this conversation.
0: Oh, thank you. I just, I, I love the whole concept of it because it, I I did uh, listen to the whole book and I can see that I've seen, I started with uh, watching the movie, The Secret many years ago when it first came out and my friends, I, I was uh, in right after my first husband died that I was kind of not in a great place, and I had two different friends that kept saying, "You need to watch this movie." And I said, I, "It's not my thing," you know. <laughs> and they said, "No, you need to watch it." Finally, some one of them brought it over to my house on a DVD and said, "Put it in the thing now." And <laughs> so I said, "Okay," and I watched it with a chip on my shoulder, and I thought, "I'm not sure that this law of attraction is is a, a real deal." And when I got to the end of it, it had a, a thing in the the jewel case for the DVD that said to write a list of 10 things that you were grateful for. And my negativity in that spot in my life right then said, my husband died, what do I have to be grateful for? <laughs> but I thought, okay, they're, all of them are getting on me so much on this, There's, there must be a reason. So I wrote the list. And I was so shocked that I just kept writing more and more things that I was grateful for. And I got kind of hooked on it. I'd I'd be standing in line at the bank and pull a receipt out of my purse so I could write something on the back of it real quick so I wouldn't forget that thing that I was grateful for. And it really made a difference in my life. And it made me uh, start learning more about the law of attraction and recognizing how without knowing what it was or what I was doing, I'd been manifesting things my whole life. And I think that happens to more people than they realize. And if you can see how it works, like it's so beautifully explained in your book, it can make a huge difference for you. And since since it helped me so much when I first was grieving my husband, I I can see how it can help other people too. Does that, that make sense to you?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, you mentioned how you didn't want to, you, you weren't open initially, but then you started writing things you were grateful for. And oftentimes it really does take people by surprise by just a little concentrated effort of gratitude and how it shifts things because they don't realize, um, everything is, is patterns and momentum. And, and most people, and by the way, I say this not as an outsider, but as just like anyone else. I've experienced this, which is why I think I can hopefully articulate it well. It's like, you know, we fall into patterns of, even if we don't suffer through loss or specific things, we fall into patterns of negativity, just living our way through life. And when we, after a long time, take a little time out to to write a list of gratitude or something else, it's such a pattern interrupt. It's such you know, for lack of a better word, jarring experience. We're like, whoa, okay. You you almost had forgotten that there's other ways of just experiencing your day. So then when you finally feel it, it's like, okay, this is now, this is a new discovery and, and a new possibility for me. And it sounds to me like, you know, you really embrace that where, you know, it wasn't even like, oh, I'm committing and having this, this obligation to do this. It's more like, oh no, this is fun. I really like how this feels. So I'm now open to this experience and leaning into more opportunities to do this throughout my day.
0: That's right. And and I have, and I've encouraged so many people to pay attention to what they're grateful for, because it, it does make a huge difference. And in doing all this work, people I have a hard time when I tell them that I'm happier now than I ever have been. Mm. But it's, I think it's because I'm paying attention to my life. And what I'm looking for, what what I know is already there for me so that I can just open up and enjoy it.
1: And yeah, that's and, you know, I, I wouldn't put words in your mouth, but I know for me, it's I have a, a happy life and a great life, but not a perfect life. And mm-hmm. I, I'm never striving for perfect because I have enough, you know, life experience teaching me certain things and, and enough of of different moments where, you know, if I if I reach for perfection For me, usually it pulls me in the opposite direction of even happiness, whereas when I embrace the idea like, listen, life doesn't need to be perfect in order for me to enjoy and experience happiness and fulfillment and satisfaction and fun and joy. Like when I have that understanding, that's when things really click. And in my experience, in my past, the more I've embraced that and allowed that in, just the more fun I've had moment to moment regardless of any of those imperfections, whether they're big imperfections or not so big ones.
0: That's right. And I mentioned paying attention. I I think that that's that's a big deal because if we just float through life without uh, being intentional about what we do, I don't think you get any place or you you don't have as much success or joy or anything else if, if you're not recognizing what's going on. And I, I've been I, when I was reading the book, I was thinking, "Oh, I manifested that. Oh, I manifested that." You <laughs> know, that sort of a thing. And I, I give you a couple of examples. One of them was um, my second husband, who died, had lived on Maui long before I knew him, and he loved it here. And he had always wanted to come back, and circumstances just had made it that it didn't happen. And when he realized the physical shape he was in, he said, let's just move to Maui. And I thought, okay, (laughs) I've always lived in California and I enjoy visiting Maui, but I can't imagine just leaving everything that I've ever known all of a sudden, especially when I'm in this kind of precarious situation with his health. But I said, okay. And once we did, we sat down and said, what would we like our home to be like? What would we like our transition there to be like? And we wrote it all out. And it wasn't, we didn't say we're going to manifest this. We just went through this, this practice that we were doing on our own. And it ended up that once we made the commitment, we said we were going to do this. We found a house on the internet that looked Fabulous, and they wouldn't let us put an off ran on it unless we came over and we're actually on the property here on Maui, which turned out to be a really good thing. But so we just came over, and that house didn't work out. But and we were here for like five days, and during that five days, we looked at a lot of houses, and on our we we hadn't found the one yet, and we were. It was the morning that we were going to the airport. Our estate, a real estate person called us and said, there's a place that's going to be going on the market and I want you to look at it before you leave. So we drove by and we said, well, this is it. And it was. And we sold our house on the mainland and bought this house within a period of of a couple of weeks. And it was at a time where houses weren't going (laughs) that fast. We'd only been in the house that we were in for four years and we sold it for almost double what we paid for it which paid for moving over here and all the expenses and everything it was just like it was meant to be and as I reflect on that I realized that by Ron and I intentionally looking at this this is this is where we're going this is what our home's going to be like and our home this or something more and our home is something more here and it, that was a really neat experience. And it's another, amazing.
1: you know, hearing, hearing you say that, it it sounds to me, for lack of a better word, like it felt like magic. Mm-hmm. And you know, we take that word magic, and it's like, what does that even mean? And you know, without even looking it up in in Webster's or Google, you know, it's it's basically something outside the realm of of normal, ordinary possibility. Which is another way of saying it's, you know, we assume things are set in a certain way and they have to be a certain way. So when something happens so swiftly and amazingly, it feels like magic. But really, all these things, they're they're always possible and more probable than people give themselves credit for, or allow themselves to realize. Because, you know, in the end, here we are, we're having this conversation. You're in Hawaii. I'm in New York. And we're having this conversation in real time where we see each other with crystal clear picture, and crystal clear audio. And, you know, you could make the argument (laughs) that these computers are amazing, and there's one long wire from mine all the way connected to yours. Even if that were true, this is a miracle, this is magic. But knowing that that isn't even the case, you know, it's connected wirelessly, it's another way of saying that there are so many things happening that our senses don't perceive. There is this energetic soup. There, there are these frequencies bouncing in so many different directions, and we we are not, you know, we don't feel the sensation of them because they they are outside what our senses can actually detect. But they are there, and that's why amazing things like this can happen that's why all of a sudden you can sell your own home for for double than you were expecting in order to make this a seamless transition that's why you could set an intention or make a list or just allow your your intent allow your mind to open itself up to a different version of your life and these things can happen and I don't mean to say like it's a guarantee and it's automatic because then, people try to force it and they grit their teeth not realizing that they're actually putting out the the vibration and the energy and the intention of not having it but it's more about just understanding that it can be done and when you just allow yourself to realize that that's possible then all of a sudden these other things become possible as well and when you're talking about you know dealing with grief for example you know it it doesn't mean that you know every again doesn't mean that everything's perfect it doesn't mean that instantly like you've got you've got the this amazing life it just means that there there are there are spaces and places and and opportunities to feel joy even in a bad moment in your life and once you get that window open to feel that joy all of a sudden joy is once again miraculously it might feel to people a possibility and once it's a possibility once it's on the table that's when miracles happen. That's when magic really happens.
0: Yeah. And magic, I think, is is a good word for it. The, I There is magic in our lives. And I'm so grateful for all the magic that's been in my life. And a lot of it has been getting out of my own way, because I, I had set up roadblocks to my happiness or my success or that sort of a thing, because I I just thought, well, I can't do that, or you know, I I don't have what it takes to do what whatever it was. And when I would stop doing that and just be open, then it made all the difference. For instance, after after Jacques died, I I had no intention of ever being married again. We'd been married twenty two years, and I, it, I, you know, I did that. And it was wonderful, and I couldn't imagine being with anybody else. It just didn't make any sense to me. And a couple of years after he died, one of my friends said, "You need to go on Match.com." I said, "No," <laughs> and she said it to me I, one day. I kept bumping into her at—we uh, both taught at the university, and we kept running into each other. And every time I saw her, she looked right at me and said, "You need." By the end of the day, I thought. She's telling me this for a reason. Hmm. And so I I had this chip on my shoulder and I sat down and I said, if I'm going on here, I'm not settling for anything less than exactly who I want to be with. And so I made a list, a great, big, long, hard list. And I thought, nobody's going <laughs> to be able to, to fit all these requirements that I had because they it weren't easy. And I went on that night. And I saw a few people that they were trying to match me with. And I said, well, obviously, I, I was right. I wasn't supposed to be here. <laughs> and then I was ready to shut it down. And I got a, a whatever it was, a ping or something showing that somebody was uh, interested. And so I thought, well, I'll look one last thing and then I'll go to bed. I looked at it and I read his, his introduction to himself and started checking off the things on the list and he was every single thing on that list, every mm-hmm. single one of them. And so I gave him a chance. That was Thursday. We went out for the first time on Sunday, and we were together forever after that.
1: Wow, it, it, isn't it amazing how what felt impossible was was right there?
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: the real a, a great way for to even think of this is I mean you met him on that day and you saw the profile that day. But I imagine he didn't set up his profile that day, meaning even as you were signing up for match, even as people were telling you to get on match, that answer, that new life was just was waiting there. For, it was already prepared, already waiting there for you. And even if he had not set up his profile yet, that man had been born already. You know, and it's like, you know, the the people, the solutions, the experiences, the opportunities, the possibilities, these things that feel so far off of reach of Of happiness or being happy again, it it sometimes feels like, you know, oh, I've got to manifest this, which in our brains we say, I've got to create this out of thin air. It's like, well, you're not you're not manifesting in that sense. What you're really doing is finding the thing that's already out there. It already exists. Like everyone listening to this right now, regardless of where you are in your life, and I realize I don't know your life. I don't know your problems. I don't know your difficulties. I just want you to open yourself up to the possibility that whatever it is you're looking for, whatever it is that you want, it isn't something that you have to whip up out of thin air magically. It's something that's already out there in some way that you could not possibly orchestrate consciously, but does exist and is there for you. And by acknowledging the possibility, that's what gets you on the way to doing it. It's kinda of like, you know, if you wanna go on that vacation, well, first you've gotta, you know, you've gotta book the plane, you've gotta book the hotel, you've gotta decide what your activities are gonna be. It's like, it's that process that leads to the vacation to the to the location, that already exists. And I, I love for people to think of it that way, because it'll open so many possibilities up for them.
0: It does. It it, it makes a huge difference. And I know for me, I had to allow myself to recognize that that could be true. <laughs> because I, I was so set up with, uh, oh, that won't work, or, you know, it's just knee-jerk reactions to, I'd never be able to do that. And when I started letting that negative self-talk go and started looking at things from a positive perspective saying well it's already there like i wanted to go to bali bali was already there there was no reason for me not to go and so i did so it if you can allow yourself to do things i i think that's just kind of the way i was brought up was that um you know we didn't have a whole lot of money so you wouldn't couldn't spend money you couldn't you know that all this negative self-talk that that i carried over into my adulthood that once i started recognizing i was doing that i could change it and i could i could get into this possibility consciousness instead of just having a knee-jerk no to everything mm-hmm. i know after um Jacques died, I was sitting by myself a lot, and I kept saying, nobody ever asked me to go any place. Well, that's exactly what happened. (laughs) And finally, at New Year's, one year, I said, okay, this isn't working, so I've got to set some sort of intention for the year. And what I said was that I was going to accept invitations. Once I made that commitment, the invitations were there. They probably had been there all along, and I just wasn't recognizing them. So getting getting out of my own way just has has made my life to me pretty spectacular, the things that have come since then. That mm-hmm. I, I realize I can do what I want to do. I can
1: have what I want to have. And
0: my life's really
1: good. I love hearing that. And I'm I'm gonna make an assumption right now. Um, I imagine there's at least a percentage of people listening to this right now where they're, they're on board, but they don't know how. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. what's what's the way? How do I get out of my own way? How do I do these things? And well, one, there is more than one way. So just for anyone listening, there's no one perfect way or one way that it has to be done. So rest assured, there's more than one way. But if you're looking for one possible way, anyone listening right now, one way of doing this is simply saying to yourself, whether it's in your mind, whether it's aloud, whether out loud, rather, whether it's writing it down and then reading it every day, But just say, you know, the person or the thing or the life or the solution or the joy or the happiness, whatever the thing is, the thing, the person that I want, the thing that I'm looking for is also looking for me. And it's actually way better at looking for me than I am for it. And that's why it's on the way. And if you just say that thing, you know, the person that I'm looking for is looking for me, and they're way better. The life that I want, the life that I'm looking for, it's actually already simultaneously looking for me, and it's way better at looking for stuff. The person that I'm looking for, the joy that I'm looking for, the solution, the relief— The relief that I am looking for every single day is also looking for me, joyously, confidently looking for me. And it's way better at looking for stuff than I am. Say that to yourself just to see how it feels, to feel into it. And again, all all we're doing here, at least what I'm trying to do here is, is opening yourself up energetically, psychologically, you know, however mentally, however you want to think about it, opening up to the possibility of an answer and a solution, something different, because it's all you need to do. You know, the the air doesn't get in until you open the window. It's on the air is gonna come in on its own, but it's still always gonna be on you to open the window up just a crack. And and that's for me has always been a really good, healthy way of thinking of it and looking at it because it uh it really creates a feeling and sensation of possibility that. It's kind of, um, there's a momentum to it. It gets easier and easier and easier as I crack the window open up a little more and more. Every little slightly opening of that window and the air that comes in makes me even easier and makes me stronger to crack the window even more than that.
0: I, I love that. It, 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 the, the more you keep repeating it. And I I really like in your book, the scripting. Mm. I love that because... What what I do with helping people with grief and the Grief and Happiness Alliance is we write and we write about something different every week when we meet and then we talk about what we wrote. And as I was reading what you wrote, I thought, well, that's kind of what we're doing. We're scripting <laughs> on on these different subjects that we're talking about, and they're working it out through their their writing. It's so valuable. It, it yeah. really is to, to write it out and write it more than once.
1: Yeah, and, and as people listen, I mean, the way I define scripting or – or I mean, you know, people say journaling scripting. There's always more than one way of looking at it. I, I describe it as pretty much, you know, writing out or describing your dream life in the present tense as if you're already living it. And, you know, so one possible option for people to do if they want to do this, this scripting as an exercise – is literally write a letter to themselves imagine themselves i don't know two years into the future or six months or three years or whatever whatever feels good imagine yourself as that person in the future writing a letter to your past self or really your current self now with all the things that you hope for you know it's like listen dear me i i'm so, i'm so happy and grateful to share that after two years of of scripting and two years of working with Emily or two years of, of feeling through this you know life has never been better I I'm, I wake up happy and fulfilled every single day. I look forward to things again I smile I feel joy I'm surrounded by wonderful people you know er- everything is is smoother and easier and it's not perfect and it doesn't have to be because it's awesome it's great like writing stuff like that and i give a very general thing because everyone's got their own blanks to fill in but maybe somebody wants to live in a certain location or be in a certain type of place or be with a certain type of person and they want to describe their qualities or they want to describe the activities i'm finally with with this person who you know we we love watching movies together or we love to Netflix Netflix binge together, or we love to go to the zoo together, or we love holding each other's hands on walks every day, or whatever it might be. But you're saying it to that person as if you're living in there, you know, in the present tense, and keep in mind, it might viscerally feel real to you, or it might not. And I would say don't judge yourself if it doesn't feel like real enough yet, because this is an experimentation process where you're getting used to it, where you're just getting used to wording things in a certain way to see if there's emotion behind it. And you're toying with being more specific or more general. You're toying with going into in a certain line of details and seeing if that makes you feel good or if it makes you feel bad because you're feeling doubts or insecurities or fears around things. It's just an opportunity just to, to see what it's like and play around and not feel required to do it in some perfect, specific way that's, it's like it's the only way it's going to work because, like I said before, there's so many ways that this can work out, and all you have to do is is play around and experiment and see what feels right for you to move in the direction of.
0: That's right. And I've got to tell you, is every, every week when we get together to write, we do this on Zoom every week, I have an inspiration for what we're going to write about. Sometimes it's like the day before, but it always comes sometime during that week before we, we do it. And it's different every time. We always have, have different things to write about and different things trigger it. And when I was reading your book, that exercise of <laughs> writing a letter to yourself from two years in advance, I said, that's Sunday's writing assignment.
1: <laughs> nice.
0: It was just perfect. I, it was tickled when you started describing it because I, it really resonated with me and I know that they're going to love it when we do it together.
1: Thank you. And, and you'll notice, um, I, I chose two years and th- that was very arbitrary. And the, the reason like, cause again, that's why I say, you know, six months, one year, whatever. I chose two years specifically because a lot of people, they don't really mentally process two years from now. You mm-hmm. know, even if something feels, you know, if they've, if being a millionaire it feels out of reach it's still within reason that something can happen within 2 years versus 3 months for example Yeah, and for most people um or or whatever else might be so please everyone listening like use that as a starting point but if a different time frame works whether it's further out or closer there's there're no rules to this there's no restrictions or limitations it's all about really and you know i say this about the book although i don't know if i said it specifically in the book it's just about feeling good while thinking about what you have or what you want or both.
0: That's right. And, and that's it's amazing how much you have that maybe you didn't even realize that you had when you start making a list or paying attention to exactly what it is. And that that's one of the reasons I'm happy now, because I, I realize that. I've got everything I want, you know. Somebody asked me, you know, do you, do you want to go shopping for something? And, no, <laughs> you know, because I'm I'm really content with what I have, and I'm also happy when I get a gift of something. It's not that I'm don't care about material things. It's that I'm good, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm enough. What I have is enough. I don't have to have something else. And coming from that standpoint, I appreciate anything that comes that much more because it's not I'm not needing, you know, I'm not needy. I'm not not searching or or being sad because I don't have things.
1: And And people have things to be grateful for even inside of their grief. like so for for example, I remember this had to be five or six years ago. Um, you know, I caught a cold and for whatever reason, I for like two weeks or so, I like lost my sense of smell. Mm-hmm. and it's like you know you don't realize how much you appreciate that till you don't have it anymore and you know you take something an example for grief you know and you smell someone you love their their perfume or their cologne and it might make you sad to to be smelling that but you're remembering them also it's like just being grateful and have you have your sense of smell to remind you of your experience in that specific way with that specific person to say nothing of you know your eyes to look at photographs your ears to maybe hear hear recordings you know your your sense of of taste and and touch and just your, your, the way your body has just all these things working just to experience life even within your grief even within bad days there's always something to be grateful for the time that you had with that person i mean um, like <sighs> Not even going down a a grief standpoint, just going down to past relationships where the person's still here, but I'm not with them. I could very easily go back and think about, you know, vacations that I'd been on with a person or certain dates or certain experiences. Where it's like, you know what? Even if I'm doing this with this person now or even tomorrow, I really had fun that day. And I'm so glad, like, throughout my life, I got to enjoy that day and enjoy that day and do that thing. And I specifically remember, you know, one person where... Um, I spent a lot of weekends with them before, like, getting up early to go to work on a Monday morning. I hated, like, when that alarm went off. I was so tired. I was so, like, ugh. But I look back on that now. There's just fondly, like, part of the reason I was so disappointed was because I didn't want to, like, be away from that person or leave that person because I had such a wonderful time with them. So even thinking back in times where I was stressed out or frustrated in those moments, I could look back with joy and gratitude because I've had these experiences in my life, and nobody can ever take them away.
0: That's right. That's right. There's there's so much good and beauty and love. Love is another thing for me. I think until I realized that I was doing it that I always loved conditionally. Mm. You know, if, if I'd, I'd love someone as long as they were the way I expected them to be or whatever it was. But when I, I made a commitment to myself to love unconditionally, I don't judge people anymore. You know, I don't have any of the, the unhappiness that comes from the kind of things that I was making up in my mind just by taking conditions away. And I, that that really made for some beautiful experiences for me. And for me to be able to enjoy experiences, I have just that much more.
1: Mm. Amazing. And you know, we we we've all done that and we all do it. Like, you know, we'll love conditionally or we're experiencing anything conditionally. It's part of the human experience. And if you can get to that place of unconditional, awesome, because you've just opened up your world to to new amazing things. But anyone listening, if you're not there yet, that's okay. That doesn't mean that you still can't be enjoying your life and moving in that direction. That's the beauty of it. There's always, no matter how advanced anyone gets in their self-awareness or their emotional intelligence, or their emotional maturity, or however you want to say it, there's always going to be a, a step higher. So it's it's never like, I never look at something as this like far off destination, I'm not going to be happy till I get to the destination, because I've already realized that the destination is forever out of reach in this life. I mean, there's always destinations within that, and new levels, and and new new, new points of reference. But in the end, I, I get more and more content to the best of my ability with just Nudging and leaning in that direction, always trying to grow, but while I'm doing it, appreciating wherever I am and whatever I can do in the moment. In the meantime,
0: yes, that's the whole thing is just paying attention to to the now, to what's happening right this minute.
1: Yeah, and and that to me, what is like at least for the way I teach them, like what a lot of my manifesting methods are about. It's about like I have this recognition of. if things are to be better, well then we need to be in a better place or better mood to allow them in more swiftly, which means we need to be content to some certain measure of our life in the moment right now. That's why like the way I de- de- describe these methods and the way I teach them, it really is about getting people to feel good in that moment. Not perfect, I don't care about perfect. Perfect is again, this impossible destination and something that I never wanna reach for cause it's gonna pull you in the opposite direction. But just feel good, just feel relief just feel uh, a sense of of comfort, a sense of ease, a sense of I don't want to use the word completion because you know we're, we're already as complete as we're going to be but just a, a sense of of resolution within oneself that's what these methods are really for and I I found in my experience and and from the feedback of with others it's like you do that long enough it could be a week three weeks three months and it really don't care honestly but you do that long enough or a certain level of consistency things start to click, things start to come together. You notice yourself being grateful for something that you weren't grateful for before. You notice people being nicer to you. You notice you know, listings for a house or your real estate agent get, brings a house to you that you never even thought was available on an island or whatever it might be. Things just click in this weird way. And the more you notice them without trying to force them, the more they naturally and easily come on top of that
0: that that's so important. That's one of the things I do with my journaling because I journal every day and I I write down when I recognize something like that that's that's special or magical, that I want to remember that the that magic in my life, the the miracles that do happen. And so I, I write them down. and if if I ever get to the point where I have a little bit of a down day, which doesn't happen very often anymore, but I can always thumb through my journals and go, oh yeah, that was so cool. <laughs> mm.
1: mm-hmm. yep. And and it's like, you know, these experiences, they really do add up. And, you know, it, it's funny because, again, I'm sure people hearing this, you know, there's, there's a certain level of impatience and I can't really blame you because I know what this impatience feels like myself. And I know what it's like to kind of like fall into those traps, for lack of a better word. I had somebody that they messaged me, I think about a week ago, and I said cuz like everyone says like do this for 30 days and watch life change and and this person like wrote to me like Andrew what if I do this for 30 days and nothing happens and you know I was tempted to reply by saying well you know are you really doing this with a sense of of ease and openness or were you trying to force it and were you gritting your teeth for 30 days trying to trying to make things happen in a certain way you know or, or in a forced way or at a forced um timeline or something might be which is really holding it back. It's spending 30 days holding it back. But rather than even going down that road, I just replied to them and said, listen, here's here's my current attitude and maybe it'll change, but here's current and here's what's working for me. Um, I don't keep score anymore. I don't look at deadlines or times. I know I wake up every day knowing that good stuff is on the way and inevitably it always is. I'm never disappointed. It always, it works out. And I, you know, I do daily gratitude. And one of the things I'm grateful for every day, I always say I'm I'm grateful for the good news today. Most days I notice good news. Sometimes though, some days I don't notice, but then a week later, I will realize that something happened on that day. I just wasn't aware of it. So like the good news that I'm grateful for, even when I don't notice it or experience it in that moment, it's still happening every single day. So it's it's an it's a thing where I'm not I don't hold on too tight. I just say listen, good is on the way. I'm going to keep inviting it strategically. I'm going to strategically lean in this direction. I'm going to strategically allow myself to feel whatever measure of ease and joy and fulfillment that I can, understanding that it's never going to be perfect, understanding that it doesn't have to be perfect. And for me currently, that's been the real sweet spot in terms of of taking in moments of life and enjoying them. In terms of Getting over it fast when things that are not desirable kind of occur. And just understanding like, hey, this is working. Let me just ride this train for as long as I can. And until I'm inspired to go in any other direction, being content with this and knowing that it really is working for me.
0: Yes, I love that. That's so beautiful there there's so much good all around us. if you just sit down I one of my things that I uh, when I teach journaling I'll tell people is just make lists of things and you you can make a list of what's really good in your life today, you know <laughs> what's good around you what are you experiencing right now And they're surprised because there's something about list making that once once you start writing something, it inspires more more things and they'll they'll get a big long list about something that they're writing and then they go, wow. Things aren't so bad after all, you know. You know, I was being down about something, but I got a lot to feel good about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things, like one of my methods that I teach, I, you know, I know you've read about, I call it the gratitude blitz, where all Mm -hmm. you do is you set a timer for a few minutes and it's up to you. You can do it for three minutes, five minutes, whatever it might be. And until that timer goes off, you just try to think of things to be grateful for. And You can theme it. You could do a theme about, you know, a certain friendship in your life, a certain relationship in your life. You can make the blitz about your body. You can make the blitz about whatever room that you're in. You know, it's like even like me talking to you right now, looking around, it's like, I have a bottle of water over here. I have access to clean water. Okay, that's fitting within this theme. I've got my phone here, which runs so many things in my life. I'm talking on this computer, on this device that I use to run my business, this amazing device that's been serving me really well for the past couple of years, you know, and um, Emily's on screen here. So Emily's a part of that today. She's part of what's in this room. I had this really great conversation with this really awesome person that's really out for helping people. So I'm surrounding myself with better and better people. You know, I have um, these wonderful, this poster art that helps me promote my books. I've got copies of my books, which I poured myself into. Like so many, just my room alone, I was able to do this. To say nothing of how many other examples. You can do a gratitude blitz based on people that you've known in your life. Think of every favor someone has ever done for you every mentor who's ever looked out for you, ever every teacher who's ever taught you something useful. There's so many different ways. And more often than not, when people do this, like the first 20 seconds, they're not very overwhelming. They're not very impressive. But, you know, you get to 40 seconds, you get to 60 seconds, you do 90 seconds of this, you do 120 seconds. It's getting more and more clear. You're like, whoa, look at all these things, past and present and future that I have to be grateful for. And then everything changes. That's right.
0: It it really does. That's that's why I do the the list thing when I'm I'm teaching because people it, it it allows you to pull things out that you recognize. Wow, I I didn't really think about that. And an example I can think of is I had a favorite teacher out of all my teachers from kindergarten through grad school. And there was one that always stood out. So if anybody ever said anything about a, a favorite teacher, I would talk about him. But then when I started looking at all the different teachers I've had in all the different ways in my life, I had a lot of really good teachers from lots of different directions. And, and when I can broaden that out like that, it makes a big difference.
1: Mm. Yeah, it, it's, it's amazing, really. And One thing that I'm grateful for that I think a lot of people don't think they'd be grateful for is the fact that it's impossible for me to be grateful for everything that I should be grateful for. Like We have so much going on, you know. I mean, how often do I acknowledge my organs, which are working in service to me every single day? I mean, I should be, you know, but they've been been there for me for so many decades. It's like I don't even think about it. That in and of itself is an amazing, miraculous thing to, of course— Feel gratitude for, and of course appreciate.
0: Yes, it, it's uh, it, there's never a shortage of things to be grateful for. <laughs> I discovered that when I started making my list, I could have gone on and filled up books <laughs> full mm. of things. I was surprised. I genuinely was surprised because I thought, you know, I, I can't I, getting ten things on a list seemed overwhelming to me, and I could just keep going. And I still I write gratitude in my journal every day. In a couple of different ways, I write it in several things. So, uh, and not I don't just say I'm grateful for this new tea I found that I drink. I I describe why you know this this brings me comfort and, and joy, and not just those words, but why does it bring me comfort? What what do I get out of it? That that sort of a thing when when you expand that gratitude out to look at it on a on a broader perspective on each of those things that you wrote for gratitude, it's pretty amazing.
1: Mm. Yeah. And um it's just fun. Like there's no other way of putting it. It's it's fun. It's like, and I, I always tell people, like, you know, especially when they hear a conversation like this, like, please don't make a gratitude list out of some feeling of commitment or obligation. This isn't something that you should feel like you have to do it should feel like something that you get to do and you know the the example that i often give people is like you know you if you if you imagine like a, the biggest football, football fan in the world and you said hey biggest football fan in the world congratulations i've got you two tickets to the super bowl here they are you know what you're not going to get from them you're not going to get them saying wait, you mean I got to fly on that plane? I got to take that long trip. I got to stay in that hotel. I got to bake out in the hot sun waiting for the game to begin. It's like, no, they're too excited about going to the Super Bowl to worry about that stuff. And these methods, whether it's scripting, whether it's a list of gratitude, whether whatever it might be, it should be enjoyable enough that you look forward to it. It's not a commitment or an obligation. It's It's a perk. It's something you get to do the way, you know, watching your favorite TV show. Or the way it's like eating your favorite food or the way, you know, maybe going, getting a massage or whatever it might be. These types of things, which, you know, can they only need to take five minutes if people want. It's really like this really convenient, consumable perk that you get to do and you get to enjoy in every single day. Because that to me is the key to the consistency, which then leads to the momentum, which then gets you the results, which then bolsters more enthusiasm, which then gives you more momentum. More, You know, and it just, it, it kind of circles more and more and more in that way.
0: It does. and And if you set yourself up to succeed in it, you're more likely to succeed. Like I, in the past, I had tried journaling at different times of the day or journaling before I went to bed at night so I could be thinking about everything from that day. I discovered that for me, if I journal first thing when I wake up before I do anything else, I do it's got my gratitude it's got a bunch of different things i have kind of a set thing and then some free space too every day that i it, it starts my day off so well and i i start out with with i'm happy you know <laughs> because it just it brings me joy to recognize these things that i'm grateful for and I, that's another thing that I do. That Before my final thank yous at the, my my end of the journaling, I write down something that brought me joy the day before. And I love that. Mm, love it that. feels good. And it, it, when you start your day with thinking about that, then you go, oh, I wonder what I'm going to write the next day that brought me joy today, you know?
1: Yeah, and, and there's wonderful ways of of doing that exactly or modifying and experimenting with it. You know, it's like, you know, when you go to sleep at night, before, like, committing to letting yourself fall asleep, just try to think back of, you know, five or ten things good that happened today and what your favorite one was and why. And making that a habit, all of a sudden you're going to sleep in a good mood, which helps you wake up in a good mood. You know, maybe you revisit that that little item and you see if there's something else on your list that you realize you enjoyed more or you really did enjoy that. Like, there's no way of losing. It's just another way of, of reaffirming and reinforcing that and setting the right, you know— tone for the rest of your day, or at least the beginning of your day.
0: Yeah, I, when when people tell me they have um, that challenge going to sleep at night, I tell them, well, instead of counting sheep, count things you're grateful for. Mm. And if you drift off to sleep while you're thinking of all these wonderful, positive things, then you're you're likely to sleep better. It'll be easier to go to sleep. Uh, you might have some pretty cool dreams too. So
1: it's <laughs> yeah. just
0: another way of doing it.
1: And, you know, there's ways that, again, even with that, there's so many options. Like you could literally like count down from 200 and that is just going 200, 199, 198, 197. You can say, okay, what's one thing I love in life? Apples. I love apples. So I'm going to visualize 200 apples. Okay. What about 199 slices of pizza? 198 vacations to Hawaii? 197, you know, like... Um, cats, I love cats. Whatever it might be, like you could really like kind of almost stress or tire yourself—not stress, but tire yourself out with good things. Really stretch your stretch your mind, stretch your imagination in a way that's just really reinforcing more positivity and tiring you out enough to help you get to sleep even easier.
0: Wow, well, I love that. Makes me want to go take a
1: nap so I can try <laughs> it out. <laughs>
0: Well, this has been wonderful. I just love to talk to you, and I probably could talk to you all day long. But I think yeah, you've given a lot of inspiration to our listeners. And I would encourage our listeners to uh, get his book, read his book, or listen to his book, however you want to do it, because it it feels good. It's something that you can do for yourself that just feels good. And for me, that's worth it. So thank you, Andrew, so much for being here with us today.
1: Thank you so much, Emily. And um, again, I'm so glad that you enjoyed the last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need to read. If anyone wants to check it out, you know, they could find it on Amazon or Audible. They could also go to awesomemarvelous.com. And if anyone doesn't want to pull out your wallet, that's okay. I have a YouTube channel where I give content for free. So please don't feel like you have to spend money in order to get value from me. Whether you're getting a book or watching a YouTube video, it really is just my intention that my work serves whoever needs it when they need it. And uh, I really appreciate you having me and appreciate people listening today.
0: That's so beautiful. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, and I'm I'm so glad that you came on the show. So and to my listeners, we'll see you again next time. And I'm glad that you spent the time. This. I'm grateful that you spent this time with us today. And I'll see you next time you want more comfort, support, and happiness? Join the Grief and Happiness Alliance. Visit my website at lovingandlivingyourwaythroughgrief.com and read my book, Loving and Living Your Way Through Grief. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, rate it, review it, and binge on all our episodes on grief and happiness. I can't wait to welcome you back to another
1: episode